0: Sitting there. You were like frozen. It looked like the screen was frozen. (laughs) No. I was just I was wondering if you were gonna take the
1: wheel or not. no, you were doing mannequin challenge and I was just doing, you know, sloppy. But
0: then then it turns out Jesus took the wheel. Jesus always takes the wheel. (laughs) Always very selfish with the wheel. Um so hey everyone. I know. It's so it weird. Has I want to listen scored. to hymnals. Right? He's like, we're going to full f- blast on a Saturday night down Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, I don't think uh, so. Creed? Come on now. Oh, it's <laughs> always Creed and Nickelback with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, of course. So but, uh, And some, somehow Avril Lavigne, too. I'm like, okay, you can't really do that just because he, they're married to Nickelback. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. Didn't they get divorced? I hope so. I think, they were, I think they're divorced now. You know what I think it was? The conflict was basically rooted in in their roots because they completely have obviously have the same hairstyle. Oh, they and do absolutely. Always double booking and causing fights. Yeah, it was
1: really weird. People kept getting them confused. Chad Kroger and <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Yeah, it's like I want a chunky highlight too. Like the only person, truly the only person who is allowed chunky highlights at this point is Nicole Kidman. Is
0: Oh. Yes, that's absolutely true. That's the only person. Which, funnily enough, has the exact same hairdresser, hairstylist as Avril Lavigne. Which I, I would not doubt. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt. It's cool. It's cool. And like, um, I, I think also with, um, oh, what's his name again? Keith Urban. Yeah, we weren't going to call him by his real name. <laughs> he's, he's Nicole <laughs> yeah. Kidman's husband. Yeah, Nicole Kidman's husband is also like, his stylist is... Um, A flat iron? So, yeah, but also his, I mean, like his clothing wardrobe oh, stylist, yes. it's, it's such an interesting fact about like, you know, the inner workings of Hollywood. And I think it's like because of the movie that we're doing today, we have to kind of talk about that behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And so it's so I just needed to, to like cue you in on this. But Keith Urban's clothing wardrobe stylist is like actually a person who time hopped from 2005 to now. Yeah. And so they are totally unaware of like the advances in fashion. Yeah. From 2005. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting. So it's like that's why he's like always flared boot cut. A little bit of rhinestone okay. here and there. And the jeans. And like obviously like a like kind of like a, a bowl neck, Like kind of it's almost like a rounded v-neck kind of a situation. John, so you get yes. a little bit of that chest stuff. Always. And also... Yeah, like just like denim, 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 like Ed Hardy. John, I was just going to say Ed Hardy. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just like, which gives Keith Urban or uh, sorry, Nicole (laughs) Nicole Kidman's husband, like sort of like just like this mystique of like being trapped in a certain place and time that isn't like now, which I think is genius. It's... (laughs) <laughs> it's genius it's brilliant it's a concept it's a take on fashion <laughs> john it's, it's a point of view a take thank you <laughs> but um i only bring that up because it's a little bit of a behind the scenes hollywood stuff Which nope is very behind the scenes
1: there's there's a lot yes. of information in here that i didn't
0: know i know i nope i know I nope <laughs> as well uh, mm. Anyway, so we're reviewing Nope today, everyone. This is episode and 26 for all of you who care. Yes, it's episode 26 of Mean Girls Interrupted. And before we get started, Travis, where can they find us? Honestly, you can find us
1: at uh, Mean dot com, where if you want to contact us, there is a contact link. You can say, hey, maybe you can watch this movie and we might. And if you don't have a recommendation, you can say you can drop us an email and say, Hey, so um, my control, you can say my you can troll. Us. You can say my last BM was three days ago. Help. And we will do our best
0: to try. <laughs> we will at least and our trying will be replying back to you and not taking you seriously. Uh, we will send you a link to our Amazon gifts where you can buy us something. And then we'll sign off with Hope This Helps. Yes. So gifts. Travis and John. (laughs) Travis and John from Mean
1: Girls Interrupted, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's where they can find us. Uh, John was so kind, and uh, he put in so much work.
0: It was an hour. John, that's an hour I wouldn't have taken. (laughs) <laughs> so, so we have we have a website and it's fun it's very simple you can listen to us on there find out your best way to listen to us and also more importantly how to how to communicate with us like we want to know your thoughts and prayers we do want to Yes, send us prayers yeah
1: they, they, have, need, to they, to though. they have to rhyme prayed yeah. they have to rhyme if your prayers come yeah. to us and they do not rhyme
0: we only accept them in the form of haiku i was just gonna say uh, that has to be a haiku, and that's what your prayer is. Yeah, is it seven seven five the syllables?
1: I think it's uh seven. Uh, I thought it was five seven five. I actually don't remember. Oh, you know
0: what? Yeah, maybe it could be. I don't be, remember. So first, you have to Google haiku format yes. and scansion and shit, and then email us accurately. Yes. Otherwise, we won't reply because we're like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is a nope. If you have been living under a rock, yeah, we'll describe who's involved in this, and it is a directed, uh, written, and produced by Jordan Peele of Get Out fame. I personally loved Us. I thought Us was great. Um, yeah, with Lupita Nyong'o, I, I, that I might adore be her. An, yeah, that. Me too. Like,
1: I mean, yeah. She's actually. So, she is seriously so good like in us so, so, she so is good. so good
0: i did not expect her to do us but whenever i saw her take on that like she did two characters who were vastly different uh, yeah she did a wonderful job in us she made some bold choices and they paid off for me um anyway but we're not talking about that we're talking about nope which is uh starring a daniel a daniel kaluuya uh, who is obviously in Get Out. Yes, he is. Also, yes. if I'm not mistaken, Attack the Block. Oh no, uh, no, 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 that's John Boyega. Yeah, John Boyega. And we're getting a I second know. Attack the Block. I like how many years later? John, do you understand like how those excited I am? I um, know you understand be because, John,
1: Attack the Block, for those of you out there, this is not that episode. We don't have to do one. Watch Attack the Block seriously uh yeah
0: it's literally for everyone it is amazing you can't not like that movie it's amazing so it's a it's one of those perfect
1: movies somehow john i don't know when i first watched that movie i know we're talking about note, but i just have to say uh yeah for real for me I'm going to give that movie a 10 because I remember loving that
0: movie. Uh, Yeah. And it was like so unexpected. And it was a time like before streaming was really, really big. And like, like Netflix streaming was barely happening. You were getting Uh, DVDs in the mail from Netflix. Yeah. Like this was one of those ones that like somehow was available to you through like Redbox or Blockbuster. And it was. Just the the cover was just cool enough to give it a shot. Yeah, you know, like attack the block. I wonder what that's about. And then all of a
1: sudden, it's literally such a great movie. So sorry, yeah, and no. like act, like
0: also phenomenal acting from like uh, everyone like that was in it. Young, also mostly young teenage actors. They're like so good. Yes. Anyway, this is not that podcast today, uh, but we are uh, so Daniel uh, Daniel Kaluuya, um, He is. Good in this movie. He is good in this movie. But, but I you know think who Kiki is Palmer good? is better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kiki Palmer, we're two gay men. We so we immediately love Kiki Palmer. I mean, let's talk <laughs> about how
1: she didn't get enough credit from Aquila and the B. Although I do think she did get enough that was credit. Her, she, I think she was she that was like her claim to fame though. Yes. And you know what? But her rise to stardom should have happened far sooner.
0: Um, yeah, I would say so, too. But at the same time, I think everything happens at the time that it should I agree, because guess what? This is her
1: moment. Kiki Palmer is the shit and she is so
0: great in this movie. I I wouldn't be surprised if whenever the Oscar nominations come out or the Golden Globe nominations come out or whatever nominations start happening soon, I wouldn't be surprised if Kiki Palmer for this movie is nominated for a best supporting actress. I certainly hope so. Because she is making large choices and they all seem real and natural. John, she seems
1: it truly everything about her. It paid off because her character, the way she did this character, I was like. Nothing felt forced. It truly felt like she knew exactly who she was, who she yeah. was playing. And I was like, work because she stole the show.
0: Yeah. And I think she does. in a lot of things that she um, I'm so glad that she got the opportunity to do like something that's kind of an amazing movie. John, and I but, was thinking and, but about this as morning. a person
1: after yeah, watching like, it. I woke he, up and I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's good when a movie can make you think about
0: it. Yeah. Which obviously, like Jordan Peele, has the knack for. It does. Um, But this this movie is a little bit different than a a typical Jordan Peele right because it, uh, yeah. I think the story is
1: it's a building story. It's not kind of like it's not like this mm -hmm. horror that was us. It's so different from us,
0: right? Yeah, and this. So anyway, so spoiler alert. Yes, we will be spoiling the movie. But the spoils will happen, and it's gonna happen now. So anyway, Jordan Peele, a master filmmaker, obviously, but I, I mean, I can't get enough of Key and Peele. Like I'm so like uh, I feel like they should definitely bring back Key and Peele in some form. They might, <laughs> because, they might at uh, some point. I don't know. Jordan Peele and Key and Peele is one of my favorite all time things. And I'm glad that he's gotten the opportunity to expand his artistic horizon. Which I was thinking, too, I'm um, like,
1: what an amazing jump from Key Peel to, like, I know, right? being this director that truly is putting out movies that are worth watching.
0: Yeah, like, he, I mean, it just shows that you can't pigeonhole. No. Nope. Um, uh, anybody into any certain one thing you can do everything which Kiki Palmer is also doing like she's doing like a Hollywood A-list top projects and then she's also doing like hosting gigs and then one of them being legendary which, on HBO by the Max. way I'm so glad to have her there I love Megan The
1: Stallion and I'm so sad she's gone but Kiki Palmer yeah. being her I hope, replacement I hope
0: Kiki comes back for the next one as well I think legendary so good Legendary is a very, very good show, but obvi- like the dynamics between the judges, I wouldn't be surprised if Kiki was like, that was too much for me. Dude, <laughs> those judges are wild. Like, uh, like You're being attacked by other judges. <laughs> like, yeah. And you have to like hold your own. It seems like a lot of energy for a, a, a hosting gig. Right. <clears throat> but I, like, I mean, that's just like the world of ballroom. I mean, HBO so, money, though, girl, she better come back. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, Kiki Palmer as a guest host in Legendary is worth your time. Yeah. And this also stars, it has a pretty small cast. It also stars uh, Brandon Perea, who is sort of a newcomer. He's been around for a little bit, but he plays M- Angel. Angel Torres. Yep. Yeah. Um, Which I believe is mispronounced. If you know anything about anybody named on hell. Oh, <laughs> so, uh uh, yeah. So anyway, and also um, uh, it has Michael Wincott, which comes into play. Um, and so and also Stephen Yoon from um, yes, Walking Dead, the Walking Dead with like the most iconic death of the Walking Dead went to Stephen Yoon. Do you remember that, uh, John? I stopped watching, but I know
1: exactly what happened to him. And after that, I was yeah. like, I don't think I can watch a show anymore when I heard. Um,
0: it's like one of those so things like, after that. It's so grotesque and realistically grotesque. That like it 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 seeps itself into that part of your brain that associates with trauma. Yeah, I don't. So like so like you can't really forget that visual. I saw faces of death. I don't need to see this. Yeah, it was a lot. But I mean, it was such a lovable character, but I'm glad to see him in this. I'm glad to see him in this, but also he led the the really acclaimed film Minari after the Walking Dead. So like he's good. He's, he's fine. He's like the most successful out of the, the Walking Dead franchise. Well, good. Like, I'm, good for I'm him. glad that he can continue branching out. Yeah. Like, he's really going for it. Um, also, this has Bobby a little cameo. cameo like two yeah. seconds. <laughs> Eating hot <laughs> Cheetos. And I'm like, yes. She's like, I just wanted to be in a Jordan Peele movie. Honestly. Yeah. But apparently, she is like a diehard fan of Jawbreaker. Is she really? She's very much a diehard fan of Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker's
1: fantastic, though. like.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a little bit of an inside thing that I won't spoil because it hasn't been announced yet, but you will see much later in the years to come. Oh. But um, uh, it has to do with Jawbreaker and Barbie Ferreira. Is it Ferreira? Yeah, I believe so. Also, if you're going to try and
1: tell me it was a TV show that's in the works. Nope. Oh.
0: Because I did know uh, that they were oh, trying to I'm do that. I'm neither a confirming or denying. I was just saying the title. Oh, uh, no, The, the, the title. Oh, yes, yourself, of course. Nope, Let's get yes. back to Nope. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, this is uh, set out from everything that Jordan Peele does, which is um, uh, it's by uh, Universal. And uh, obviously, his production banner, Monkey Paw. This had a budget of $68 million in its shows. Uh, yes,
1: it does, actually. And it's well done.
0: Yes, it's a well, it was put to good use. Um, and what a uh, budget, it grossed, dude. Holy shit. I know for like a genre film, like work, bitch. Um, so it grossed one hundred and forty eight point seven million dollars worldwide. Okay. And obviously a lot more than that because they don't measure after a certain amount of weeks. That's so weird and to me. I, mean, I know. The right? Same with
1: New York Times bestsellers. You have to have those cells before it actually comes out.
0: Yeah, it's like within twelve weeks, Which like is, the pressure's on. Yeah, like you have this <laughs> much time, this work for it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so it centers around um, this sort of it's uh, these uh, animal, this animal wrangler family out in like the sort of like Gulch Valley in um, in California on the outskirts of of Los Angeles. Think, what is does they call ranch. it? Agua Dulce? Is that what it is? uh yeah that's right I think so two waters yeah yeah um uh oh no dulce is it dulce is that what it is no. yeah I believe I feel like I can't remember the two waters uh let's see here uh Spanish I'm googling why don't I know this
1: let's see oh sweet water is that what it is yeah um basically the middle of nowhere and don't forget like it takes so the characters they're like an iconic they are um it's a black uh horse uh hollywood horse family they're kind of the known for it they're
0: like one of the first um i think in the movie and yeah so uh they um it's like this generational film this uh so oj senior um he uh his name is Otis Haywood Sr. He is played by Keith David, which was kind of like cool to see. I like Keith David. Like he's always like that character actor that pops up in smaller roles, but you're always like glad to see him there. Like he's there, but then also for not very long. Right. But he's also there for Jennifer Connelly's um, double dildo uh, sex party. Yeah. Trust me. I'll never forget yeah. it. And I will never forget that Keith David was the guy who answered the door and was like, Come on in, John. Uh, John <laughs> We're just having a party. This is scarring. <laughs> yeah, like you want your heroin. You, you're on gonna in have and, to work and for thing. it. Yeah, come in here and work for it with that with that with the same actress who is in Mr. Holland's Opus, redhead clarinet player. What the hell, dude? How? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and look. Oh, isn't it though? I'm, isn't John, it, John?
1: I'm sure you're right, but now I'm ha- now I have. I to- might be
0: wrong. I might be spreading rumors and lies. I don't think you're spe-
1: spreading rumors and lies. I'm gonna look because into if it. If
0: it is her, if it is her, we're doing. We are doing seven degrees of Nope right now. Okay. Because Keith David, who plays Otis Hollywood Senior in Nope, he answers the door in Requiem for a Dream to Jennifer Connelly, who goes in and takes pa- and partakes in a double sided dildo. Uh, situation with the with the redhead uh, who is the actress who plays in Mr. Holland's opus as like the struggling clarinet player who through um, Mr. Holland's opus's uh, tutelage becomes a master clarinetist (laughs) and Mr. Holland is played by (laughs) played by Richard what was his name oh my god no, not no, hamster. No. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yes. From, he's played by Richard Dreyfuss, who is none other than the scene stealing uh, co-star in Jaws, which is the title movie uh, that heavily influences. Nope. Huh. Wow. It really we did, did it. John, good for you. Did you got this. OK, we did it. Oh my gosh! I need to take a nap. But anyway, um, so <laughs> did I? Did did your mind blow? Can I just ask, uh, John? You? Uh, it's actually the cogs are still turning. <laughs> You're like, is this true? No, I believe <laughs> it. I believe all of it. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, anyway, back to Nope. Uh, it follows this. Uh, a generational Hollywood family they are sort of like uh, they are uh, they are movie adjacent people they provide a service for Hollywood movies which is a uh, horse wrangling so uh, they they breed and train horses who um, Hollywood taps to uh, use their chops on set and um, uh, Otis Haywood senior OJ senior uh, he is like he is the go-to person he's a pro he's uh, he's great on set he has uh, everything it takes to really make this sort of failing quasi phasing out business of real animal horse wrangling for feature films like it's sort of like a relic situation but hollywood loves the legacy of otis haywood senior enough to keep him coming but Uh, We uh, come into, but we start off this film in a little bit of a cold open. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, And we are obviously like on a sitcom, like an old family sitcom set. And we see this whole thing play out from like underneath a table. Like it's a perspective of another person that we don't see. And it is of this bloodied chimpanzee with like a birthday hat on. Gordy. And... Yeah, it's whose name is Gordy. And like you see the implications of a lot of blood and violence and a victim. Uh, definitely like, a victim. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's blood all over this this chimpanzee's mouth. And you automatically get from the, the audio that there's been a chimp attack on um, set. Yeah,
1: like l- legit.
0: Like a deadly one multiple like
1: multiple casualties
0: the chimp the the chimp wrangler did not have control over this chimpanzee no so that's the
1: cold open which i was like okay this is this is insane this is crazy where does this go next
0: but i immediately noticed that there was a that there was a shoe that was standing uh, straight i noticed that too and i was like why is it just sitting there with that one spot? yeah, and so there's this shoe that's balancing, like straight up, and it's like almost defying gravity. Which is, and yeah. so I thought that was interesting. I still don't know what that means, and I know that it must mean something. It has to mean something. That's why we have to kind of look into it further. I don't have any. I don't have. I don't it, have the but, insight um, for you guys today. We I'm can sorry. Get into it. Yeah, but we should probably like gloss over this whole summary. We kind of have to. Which is. Yeah, so anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so O.J. Jr., Daniel, uh, played by Daniel, he uh, he uh, is on the ranch and his dad is training a horse and uh, trying to break some horses whenever um, they are screaming uh, in the clouds. There's like screaming and yelling. Yeah. And so it's kind of like weird. And O.J. looks up to the sky and into this cloud and something strange about it. And then things start to not only fall from the sky, but like they are pierced through things like bullets on the ground. And we don't know what they are yet. But then one kills uh, his dad, O.J. Senior, and he's like, oh, no. And so the dad is dead. But there's something about that occurrence that was supernatural, maybe something that was unusual. It wasn't. And so everybody chalks it up around him saying that. Some items fell down from an airplane and accidentally uh, penetrated his dad's head and killed yeah, him. Yeah, some shit but fell he, from a plane, quote unquote. Yeah. But but because of what uh, Daniel they Kaluuya said is. Plane. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. And uh, so like he he doesn't think so. He thinks something else is amiss based off of what he heard beforehand and also the electricity went out right before everything. Happened, his phone so. shuts off. The
1: battery powers down, and you can literally hear screaming and shrieking in the clouds. It's really weird.
0: Yeah, it's very like spooky. And so, but he has to do the business. That's on him now. He's the only one.
1: He's kind of catatonic uh,
0: so. at this point too. He just watched his dad yeah, die. He, yeah, he's grieving his dad's death, but he's still expected to show up and do the job as if nothing happened, which is basically very Hollywood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. They're like, oh, who cares? Um, uh, so he is on the job with a horse uh, and it doesn't go well. He's not able to. He doesn't have the same charisma uh, as his dad did. He doesn't have as much control and authority as his dad did. He can't live up to that. Um, and the horse kind of freaks out, and they fire him and replace him with like a VFX which horse, which is unfortunate. Yeah, which was like kind of the nail in the coffin on their business in a lot of ways. Um, uh, yeah, so he ends up, and so Kiki Palmer comes in to quasi help out, but basically to promote herself as a person and mm-hmm. trying to hustle whatever side gigs she's which doing. I that she took the opportunity to do that yeah she's like i'm also a writer director and all these other different things and then she's like bye yeah she, she <laughs> so, goes straight to crafty she's like i make a mean uh grilled cheese yeah so she has like her dad's like charisma and authority but she but her flaw is that she uh, can't see the bigger picture and she's very selfish yes and so she takes that opportunity as like a uh, self-promotion which is a theme in the movie yeah she doesn't take it seriously yeah, so she the theme of this movie one of them is like a, a generation of self-promotion. So, um she um, she needs to stay with Daniel at their ranch house. But uh, but while on their way on their way there, Daniel sells this horse that failed. Lucky. Uh, uh to yeah, Lucky to um one of the uh, the neighbor of the land over that they share the same gulch, um and on this land is a a little amusement park, yes, and he sells it to the owner of the amusement park, who is played by Stephen Yoon. his name is Ricky Jupe Park, and he is a child celebrity who acted in because of Kiki's prying uh get we get the whole skinny that Stephen Yoon was that was a the little boy survivor of that chimp attack on set, yes and so. Uh yeah, so Ricky uh so jupe is his name. He I think they call uh, him started, Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, right. Cause like of his uh very iconic sort of Goonies-esque role yeah. um uh, as a kid in the 80s, like with such a huge hit that he has now started this um theme park on that movie. Um which uh, which has to do with like what cowboys and aliens? Basically. Yeah, pretty, uh, being a young sheriff, he was on a show, and he
1: was like a yeah young sheriff, a young right. sheriff. So he kind of has like capitalized yeah. on his
0: uh, early right. fame. Everything's everything's very like western and shit. And so anyway, he describes to Kiki like his surviving this chimp attack, and he it's such an interesting interplay. I, I wonder what you think about this, Chavez, because like he's like. He's talking about it as if it's like an immortalized celebrity defining moment for him. And he's very like cavalier in that. But internally, and from what we see from the flashbacks to it, he was severely traumatized. Um, yeah, I think that's why he doesn't go into full detail, which is why he takes the comedy
1: route and he's explaining the SNL skit and be, the yeah. SNL skit being legendary because he doesn't Mm. want to actually address it in a serious tone. He has to address it by being like, you should look up the SNL skit because he doesn't want to
0: actually like, I don't think he wants to go back into the trauma. Cause I mean, he literally watched, but he's also, but he's also projecting it out as what I think plays into the theme as like, he's like, I am going to, I'm going to use this as a way to self promote and to make it a celebrity thing. And I'm going to omit anything that, makes it dark yes which he does yeah he does he takes the because darkness kiki, completely out of it yeah kiki tries to call him out too and he's she's, like yeah. oh and what else happens? She, she literally says so what she's like you're really not telling happened? me everything right and then he uh he goes into the sml yeah he whitewashes it yeah and so this is because he it is his character jupe has taken all of his trauma because i'm he's a child star so i mean i'm sure even in the in that like young cowboy sheriff movie, I'm sure there was trauma around that as Probably. well. Like he's built it into this capitalistic self-promoting vehicle that he lives inside. Um, which I thought it was very interesting Me as well. I thought it was kind of cool and
1: I would have visited it if it had been a real place.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. I'm like, OK, uh, so uh, Kiki Palmer and uh, Daniel Kaluuya, he they go back to the ranch, which is their neighbors. Um, they after they
1: sell the horse. Sorry, we kind of went off on a tangent. They've sold lucky yeah. and they go back to the ranch that
0: they, they own. go back to the ranch. And then uh, that night, uh, um, OJ Jr., he discloses to Kiki Palmer that like he doesn't think that. Some things just dropped out of a prop plane. He thinks he tells her what he thinks and she's like aliens and she's on board immediately. She's like, we are going to be famous. This is amazing. This is like a goldmine. We need to capture it on camera. We need to get that shot promotion. We need to we need to use this to promote ourselves and raise to the next status of celebrity. Like she's like, this is going to this is amazing news. Forget about dead dad. Uh, Which is her character flaw. She really doesn't give two shits about her dad being dead. I mean, she does, but she just cares more about getting this thing on tape to like sort of break out of this quasi financial bind that they're in. Like they're sort of on their last leg. They're like going to be the final generation of like this Hollywood dynasty that they have because important point. They are descendants from the very first black man who was. Um, who was, okay. So there's this moving sort of Zoe trope. Yeah. There's the very first moving picture, uh, was sort of like a test framing of a person riding a horse and it's only a few frames. Two. It's a few pictures. Yeah. It's the first time that like they, they, they put together, uh, pictures to create a motion picture and it's a guy riding a horse and it's a black man and there's no record anywhere, um, uh, of this forgotten black, uh, a uh, horse rider jockey who was actually in the movie business who was a rider um of horses and then ended up doing like this sort of horse supplying wrangling business and kiki palmer and oj are descendants of him and that is the family legacy yes and so it's basically gonna stop with them um and so um yeah so Kiki Palmer gets it into her craw that she's like we need to get all the security stuff so they go to the Fry's electronics store which I thought only existed in Arizona but apparently not John,
1: right I hadn't Did that hit I think they only exist in deserts it's only, in deserts. It's right, only a I desert like, so because they're basically like a, in a desert I've never
0: seen a Fry's electronics store outside it's of Arizona very, right I know so whenever I saw that, I was like oh they're going accurate they are in it for the accuracy but, <laughs> so. I mean yeah and also the product placement, right? Um, I was like, "How much uh, did they pay?" Marketing. I'm like, "Fries, are you expanding out of the desert?" I don't think so because uh, one of the fries electronics here,
1: the major one, one that I bought a computer at, it's gone. It is
0: closed interesting. down. Interesting. So, Maybe nope was their swan song. Honestly, um, the last one. But anyway, it, it was interesting to see because like I equate Arizona desert with like fries electronics. Yeah. And like, I've been in one and they are that large and huge, dude. Yeah. So they cut to inside this fries electronics and they they have gotten all the works with like the security camera stuff. And so the checkout guy is like sort of this broken dude named Angel and he does a really good performance. He's like checking them out. He's like, oh, so you're like not going to do the professional installation. Cool. Like, good luck. And they're like, wait. can we do it? And he's like, you know what? You're not going to be able to do it yourself, but I can do it. Uh And then they're like, okay. And that's how he gets brought into the mix. He drives his fries van out to the middle of the desert. And he does this professional installation of these moving security cameras. And it's a very fancy setup. And the reason for these, uh, these security cameras is because they are on battery backup and they can't, they can't be scrambled uh, by the UFO that they think there's going to be. so they think or so they think. So um uh yeah, so they kind of have this trap that they're going to bring into the equation. And uh so is it is it the first night that Kiki Palmer brings in like the decoy horse?
1: So she goes and steals that decoy horse and that is when um Jupe shows up and's like, "Hey, we have some of those." And she changes the subject real quick.
0: She's like, where would you it's get It's very it? passive aggressive, super passive aggressive.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they put these um, flags and stuff in this decoy horse's mouth because um, they know something's going to happen. They know it's going to happen. They put it out in this field. They're like, this is it. This is our moment. And then, it's, uh, you know, obviously push comes to shove and the thing shows up.
0: Yes. Um, the thing shows up, and uh, but is this okay? Can't but no, see we do have that, the. Fir- oh, what did we? What did I miss? Do we have the um the scare sequence in the barn with like the jupe kids? Yes, we do have the scare sequence, which was kind of like, sure, fine, you know, they were. I thought it was a very creepy. Moment. I thought it was
1: creepy too because I truly was like, oh shit, what is that? I was like, what is yeah. that? You start thinking it's, it's an just, alien it's the Jupe.
0: It's Jupe's it's children pranking them for stealing the horse. Yes. So there's that rivalry between the two neighbors. Now, because and we, of the stolen and we do horse. Know, right. And we do know that Jupe is wanting to buy the, the ranch land and put them out of business yeah. to expand its theme park. Yes, he, he so does. there is that interplay. Yep. Yeah. I, I did um, forget so, that, but that is shortly after that is when things start to go south. Yes, the UFO comes back, but they can't get it on camera. There is a struggle to get it on camera because, because of a, a praying mantis, which looks which I have just always like they always the look, mask look like aliens that those kids yeah. were wearing inside the box. It looks like an it's, it totally looks like an alien, and I guess through the payoff of this, like it's sort of like implying that praying mantises are actually aliens. Honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that was cool. Uh, it was a cool device. But the, uh, uh, so a praying mantis jumps onto the lens of the security camera while all the scary UFO stuff is happening with Daniel Kaluuya uh, out on his horse. And so he's being like chased by this, um, this thing by this. Yeah. By this thing, which is uh, in the shape of a, UFO. Like a disc, And yeah, the, the typical 1950s UFO. And so. Um, they narrowly escape the capture, but it does take up. It sucks up. It's sort of dust tractor beams that looks like a dust devil, which I appreciated. Yes, uh, I love it, that because it wasn't like an actual beam that you see. It
1: uses it uses like nature. nature to.
0: And also desert elements that are iconic. Yes. Like- like dust. Devils, John, I love which, that. which makes the desert scary yep. because it's like it uses that because next time you see a dust devil, you're going to be like, is that an right? Enemy? It, is that cloud actually a cloud? Right. So I love that. Uh, like the fear of something normal, which I think is a very effective thing to do. And well, you should play off so, the fear of things that are normal because something that looks normal that we see every day, like a dust
1: devil. I still wouldn't yeah. want to be in one. They get huge.
0: Yeah, like The Shining made uh, hotel hallways very scary for me as a child. Yes, they're called microbursts too. They're tiny tornadoes. They can pick shit up and ruin things in an instant. Yeah, and so the so it uses that as like a tractor beam. It sucks up that decoy statue of a horse and takes up those uh the like the advertisement flags with it, like a trail of little flags. Yes. Um. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, and it sucks that up, and it takes off and but because of that praying mantis they're not able to get a clear shot of the disc itself before it disappears so they got to keep trying to reel it in for that shot and uh but while this was happening um angel was back at Fry's and he was like remotely looking at the surveillance camera and trying to help out and like he gets himself involved yes and they told him not to and barbie is standing there like
1: so what happened with OJ? (laughs)
0: yeah so she's like she was just like vaguely obliquely interested um uh so angel drives on out and inserts himself into the equation he's like we're gonna do this we're gonna do this right and like blah 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 and so um at this point they start to plan their next trap to get this thing on camera um and uh so what happens next so it turns out um it turns out that jupe
1: Uh, actually his theme park, uh, every Friday, he actually has it planned out, which is weird because he knows the schedule of this thing. He's sitting at his theme park saying in an hour, your life is going to be changed. And he has a horse ready. He was like, we have a horse ready to go, which makes sense why he buys the
0: horses from OJ. He's sacrificing them to this disc. He knows what is about to come for money. So he has monetized this UFO anomaly and charges people tickets to come and watch it. So that's essentially what happens next. So why don't you take
1: it from here?
0: Uh, Yeah. So he has uh, the, the horse Lucky in this sort of glass cage and he has this whole speech and spiel and he's like. Uh, So he uses this UFO as a tourist attraction and but it starts to show up in the clouds a little earlier than usual. And it has the 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 flags like the string of flags dangling from it. And it's a little bit more irritated and agitated than usual because of the fake horse that it has consumed is not working out for it internally. And so it's pretty upset this this UFO. And uh, so it comes out of the clouds a little bit early and it is angry and it sucks everybody up, including Jupe. Everyone. And his children and his Literally wife. Literally
1: <laughs> everyone. And the wheelchair bound. Uh, Survivor sur- of the chimp attack. Which I don't know how she's. Sur- John, when they showed her face underneath the veil, I was like, holy shit.
0: Mm hmm. Because so he, he's obviously. It looks like he's been taking care of her yes, this entire time. I would agree. Like he's still a, he's still attached to her because they have that shared trauma. They do so, yeah, but it's just like kind of a side thing with this character, and so they all get sucked up, and then we go internal, internal of this uh, UFO, and um, so we see these people being sucked up into this like trail, which it was gets really cool because you can
1: see them all being. It's, it's yeah. so cool. The outer view where you see them being sucked up and how small they are in comparison.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And it's sort of like this sort of billowy sort of skin inside, like almost like a sheet, almost like it's a prop in way. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this isn't like your usual uh, alien abduction. It's not made of metal. No, it's made of it's something else. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, so you we realize through the sequence that it, this is not a metallic piece of machinery. No. It's sort of, like, cloth-like. And so the inside reflects that, but they all get stopped by this fake metal horse and are all stuck in there screaming bloody murder. It's, like, 20 to 50 people all screaming within the belly of this thing, and which is very angry and agitated and is like... Yeah, because of this that's stopped up by this horse. Um, but it leaves Lucky unfazed because it is in a glass capsule. So he cannot get out. And Lucky knows. Lucky's like, I ain't running out there, you son of a bitch. Yeah. But meanwhile, night comes and it this UFO is r- trying to wreak havoc all over the horse ranch. And the power has gone out. Kiki Palmer and Angel are inside of the ranch house. It's fully raining outside and then the, the UFO umbrella comes over the house and it starts to regurgitate the crushed up bodies. Yeah, crushed bodies start raining and bleeding all over the ranch house. John, and it's a very I cool and frightening visual. I loved
1: that. Can I t- I loved it so much. I yeah, loved it, it cool. so much.
0: It was like it was doing it out of spite and anger. And then we learned that this is like an intelligent situation. And
1: this is at the moment when you realize because OJ's coming back after getting lucky. He's like, I'm getting lucky. I don't know about you guys. Oh, right. So he's getting lucky. And as all of this blood rain is coming down on the house, this ufo creature thing is regurgitating everything like john said and it drops that metal horse right onto oj's windshield and it comes through covered in blood and it's just yeah. looming this thing is looming it's, over the property
0: yeah it's like come outside and and try your try yeah and test your face test your please. luck i Thank want you, you to come i know out. what you guys are doing and like let's get go time. So there's like this standoff between, but that's when he gets like, out
1: and he puts his head yeah. down and the thing doesn't try because he doesn't look at
0: it. Right. Because he starts to treat this, uh, thing as a creature, an animal, as an animal. And so being an animal wrangler, he was always telling people don't look directly at the horse. They will get spooked. And so he employs that knowledge, um, that theory with the UFO and it works. That's when it the, only it only takes you if you're looking at it. And that's when he realizes this isn't a UFO at all. This is
1: actually some being. It's like a creature, it's not made of metal, which you start mm-hmm. to notice the little bits about it, which I thought was so cool. Cause this whole time I was like, this is yeah. a ship. It's not a ship. It's not a ship. It's hungry. It's made
0: of some kind of skin and it's eating. And it is hungry, whatever this thing is. But it has chosen to take the shape of like a 1950s UFO. Which I also really enjoyed. Yeah. And so I enjoy the fact also that they don't explicitly point that out in any sort of dialogue or acknowledgement. It's just like it's shown visually. You accept it as the audience and we move on and we move forward. And so everybody knows that, like, so after the whole day goes by, uh, they form a new plan, which is with new knowledge. And they're like, look, uh, we can't look at it um, because that will allow it to take you. It only takes you and eats you if you have eyes on it, which plays into the theme of, like, attention um, and whatnot, like, you know, doing things to be seen. And um, uh so uh, they have the brilliant idea to getting the wild and wacky crazy tube guys that you see at every car lot ever because they have eyes on them. Yes, that's a,
1: they do have <laughs> they eyes. They're able on to them.
0: see you. <laughs> uh, so and also the flags, the flag element of it somehow deter it. He now hates flags because whatever the, the, it was, when, the plastic shit in there, which did kind of confuse because, me because
1: uh, when it eats the metal, I get it spitting everything
0: out. But I wonder why. But that I think it associated. It. I think it, oh, well, they discover through a little chase um, that it does not like the flag element because it was attached to that horse that didn't agree with it. And oh, so, true. so it associates flags as things it should stay away from. And they figure that out. So, like, and Daniel is like, is a is running away from it at one point on a horse. And he throws out that flag and then it like side skirts. Right, 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 right. It
1: it does. I forgot about that. It does that little sideways motion.
0: It does the sideways motion. And then you see like the ripples in its fabric skin thing. And and then you're like, okay. I also, at that moment, I was like, this looks just like a stingray or a manta
1: ray underneath it. Once you see it, it looks like it, it has those ripples and like its skin, and I was like, "This looks just like yeah. a manta ray without the tail."
0: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they referenced like underwater um, invertebrates it for the look like and feel of it. It kind of moves like yeah. it. Once you realize what it is, you're like, "Oh, like this is like a, an airborne manta ray." It's really crazy. Which makes which makes sense for the Jaws reference as yes. well, because this Ocean. this is this yeah, and this is this is basically Jaws. Like they're trying to get. They are trying like the thing is the shark yep. and they are in the ship and they are trying to deal with this like shark thing, um, which is obscured by clouds. And you don't know where it is at any time,
1: except for it's uh, the only
0: cloud that doesn't move. That's the only yes, way you can figure know. it out. Yeah, they figure it out like it. It can hide, conceal itself as a cloud that doesn't move. Um, but anyway, this third act goes down and it's quite terrifying. It's actually
1: really cool. They have a he did such a good job building suspense.
0: Yes. Yes. And I like the, the wild and wacky inflatable tube man sequence. because They well. try to use that. The colors like the colors of it kind of
1: break up this. This. Um, yeah. Dried up desert that otherwise would be so unappealing to look at. But it breaks up these colors and it makes it seem like. I don't know. You have this weird, fun element, but it's also really terrifying because you're like.
0: Because they start they start uh, they start powering uh, down, powering down sequentially. So, you know, where you kind of so, you know, where that it's coming without being able to see it really scary because
1: it it is like the fin. It's like the fin of the shark,
0: except for they're using these wacky inflatables. And when
1: the battery powers down, you know, it's near that vicinity. And there are a shitload of wacky inflatables. For those of you who have not watched this movie yet. They like bought all of the wild and
0: wacky inflatables. There are so many. (laughs) Which I thought was cool. But anyway, so let's just jump to the the climax of it all. Um, So Daniel uh, OJ uh, Jr., it sort of becomes uncertain of his fate. Like we don't know if he has survived this onslaught attack because this this, uh, this, uh, being is very pissed off at these people. And he transfor- just wants to eat everybody. It has
1: transformed at this point. It is no yeah, longer this UFO shape. It's like this ethereal. It starts to take its own alien shape, but it's still flying around. It looks like a, it looks like a stingray, not a stingray. I'm sorry. At this point now, it kind of looks like a, um, like a jellyfish of some sort. It's like a jellyfish. Yeah. It's
0: so and crazy like, so- looking. It's not it's not explained ever as to why or what or how this is going down. I don't care. I don't even care to know. Yeah, I don't care either. And so um, Kiki Palmer sort of the baton is passed to Kiki Palmer to like totally get rid of this thing. So she hops onto a motorcycle that was ridden by a TMZ journalist who was was dead. Who was no longer with us. Uh, Yeah. So uh, she zooms on over to uh, 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 Jupiter's Park. And because she knows where there's still a camera foot. Yes. But what she does beforehand is she releases this giant inflatable cartoon character of Steven Yoon as a kid up into the air. And it has eyes. So it looks. Um, so, yeah. So it's able to see um, this creature. And so the creature starts to follow it up into the air and up into the clouds. I love that scene so freaking much, dude. Yeah, because it's so wild, but it's like working for me. John, that weird and green, like uh, that weird green camera.
1: That not it only was a the, green. Not only the camera, but that thing that comes out of the alien,
0: whatever that is. I know it.
1: It was like a camera. It was, wasn't it? I yeah, wondered why so, it was so, so boxy.
0: Yeah. So, like at the at the core of this creature in its true form, it is seeing. It is seeing you. With this sort of undulating, unfolding, eternally unfo- infinitely unfolding, like box, John, it was so like rectangle. Cool. And it's reflective of a camera. That's so cool. And so I, I don't understand why it's a subtle reference to the theme, but it's like it's seeing you and you're seeing it. And it's sort of like it's feeding on you with this. I don't know. It's so crazy. I, like it's consuming you while you're consuming it kind of. Yeah, a it's thing, really weird. You're taking it in and it's going to take you in. It takes you in yeah. and spits
1: you out, which I guess would be the theme of Hollywood. You want this fame. You right. want this so thing. There's this,
0: yeah. So there's this in this climactic moment. It's like targeting this like Stephen Yoon giant inflatable like Macy's Day Parade sized inflatable Stephen Yoon. Because it's, it's eyes, it's little fake eyes are watching that box. Yes. And so it's like, and so it takes it, Um, but not before um, uh, Kiki Palmer is able to get a flash of it from one of the, the well camera, that weird well camera. Yeah, there's a well camera that's uh, that's analog and unable to be shut down, and she's able to snap a picture of it as it's flying off with a big giant Macy's Day Parade uh, inflatable, uh, which, whenever it consumes it, pops, and the blast from that breaks apart the um, alien monster thing, the, the alien UFO, like whatever it was, and, because it was
1: a uh, floating the Steven Yoon balloon. Uh, obviously it's it's a floating. It was able to go in the air. So I guess all the chemicals and everything, the breakdown from the explosion.
0: Yeah. It basically uses as a as a bomb. Jaws. Yes.
1: And John, I was just going to say the same thing. I'm like, they did it just like Jaws. It blows up.
0: Yeah. But in in its own way. uh, Yeah. in its own like very Jordan Peele-esque way and sort of a funny, goofy way, but also very interesting to watch.
1: I wouldn't even say funny, goofy to me when I was looking at it. I was watching it and I was like, holy shit. It kind of felt like this thing doesn't know any better. It's here to eat. It knows nothing. So when you're watching it, same yeah. as Jaws, it's just working off of its own instincts. So when it blows right. up, it's like, well, you would
0: think that, uh, it's, it's us or, it's them. Us or them. That's yeah. literally it. Yeah. Um, and it, so Kiki Palmer, saves the day. She does. And, And so in in the whirlwind of everything, she looks out and sees uh, her brother has survived and he is he is on a horse. And it's very reminiscent uh, imagery of the legacy of their ancestor, who was the like the first man on a horse motion picture was a black man on a horse. Also, what I love,
1: too, is the use of color. Because I don't know what the color orange for O.J. for Otis Jr. was. But if you notice, Kiki Palmer's character was wearing a lime green sweatshirt, a hoodie, when she was sitting next to the wacky inflatable that well, went do down. You
0: wanna, do you remember her character
1: name is Emerald? Yes, Emerald. I, so green. Yes, green. But I also want to. OK, but then O.J. Orange juice. Orange. John yeah, is that they're the wearing the colors why? of
0: their names. Is yeah. that the reason why? <laughs> I do believe so. Holy
1: shit! Okay, cool, so right? he actually also. If you notice, did you notice that uh, um, Jupe's wife was wearing a
0: star earring? Yes. And did you notice on on the so Stephen Yoon is wearing this really cool like cowboy John, jacket? I love his freaking jacket. Yeah, it was. I love that whole suit. But then he turns. Cool. Over, he turns around and then you—it's an embroidered uh, UFO tractor beam. Did you notice that? No. Oh my god! I'm mean, gonna I have to go back. Yeah, there's a lot of like look back moments through this, so it's like warrants multiple watches. But Stephen Yoon has like a, a UFO with a tractor beam uh, embroidered and and very Western style. Wait. So now, okay, hold up, because those aliens,
1: those little kids who were messing around with them in the barn, when that girl was hanging aliens. upside down. Just like the praying mantis and the mask look just like a praying mantis, yes. and this
0: happens—it's
1: foreshadowing. Before that,
0: <gasps> John, this movie's yeah. crazy. Well, that's why Jordan Peele is a is a master filmmaker. This, this like, movie's crazy. Not, yeah, this is a crazy, crazy movie, and we do get like a pretty good additional flashback of yes of the uh, the chimpanzee attack on set, and we learn like. What actually happened? We learned everything. But it's sort of. It's kind. It feels like an arbitrary that, flashback that does it. That feels disjointed. John, I am so glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. So I'm trying to figure out why and like. What? What was the point of it? Like a, yeah, because we just get like a deeper, more disturbing look into what this chimpanzee did. But then we have this moment where the chimpanzee after the onslaught and people are dead. Finds Steven Yoon as a kid hiding underneath the table. Tries to give totally, him a fist bump. Yeah. And he he stops being violent and then walks up to Steven Yoon's character and offers a fist bump, which was like their thing that they trained this monkey to do. And then and then it gets shot by like animal control. It
1: dies immediately and there's blood splattered on his face. So I was wondering the same thing too, but I think it's probably about the whole animalistic thing. Like there's a part of it. Yeah. There's a part of it where sure it's wild, but like it recognizes cause I don't understand. It got mad it, at this whole time with Steven Yoon, this animal thing, he was saying, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I remember those words coming out of his mouth right before oh, yeah. the thing swallowed him up. Um, he assumed he was chosen, which this Alien could have scooped and swallowed them up at any moment, but it was always it did not. But this time it was
0: pissed. It was obsessed. It was obsessed with horses. And it was pissed at this point. Yeah, it was mad because they duped it with a fake horse.
1: Which, that um, fake horse came from Stephen Yoon's property, if you remember. That's true.
0: It was that's stolen true. by
1: Kiki Palmer. So this thing that's been flying over, clearly it's sentient. It understands
0: it could have recognized and thought. Which also, if you think about it, whenever Stephen Yoon, uh, before we get the reveal that he knows about the UFO, he shows up to be like, hey, you stole that horse. What are you doing with it? He knows exactly what they're doing. He does. And he's like, "Okay, cool. See you later. So now he's like, "Uh oh, so maybe this whole idea of like the flashback is actually rooted in sort of telling us the nature of the UFO creature yes. and like the danger of it, but also it's just doing what it's naturally hardwired to that's do. What I think which is, too. And, and like you can't really manipulate it to do what you want it to do because that's just going to result in a lot of bloody messes. Yep. So, um, Yeah, so that's a very mysterious alien creature, and it might have some sort of a history rooted in, rooted in filmmaking, maybe. This would have been the one where I
1: really should have actually had those behind the scenes. Because normally, I love to know, this is going to be the movie that I actually want to know where all of it comes from. I want to know
0: all of it. Yes, and I don't know if we actually get that, but I know that we're like late on time, but I think it's worth it. We're only, um, I think see. we're only
1: just at 60 minutes.
0: OK, so I think that I really liked this movie. I thought it was very interesting. It was very well done. I from it was, beginning to, uh, en- to end. Yeah, I was like, thumbs up. I was here for it. Yeah, I think it's a very difficult thing to do as a writer and a, and a director to take. These like sort of absurd elements at times and to make them as effective as they are so i think that's very much a nod to jordan peele's skill yes and uh also his ability to to when to really explain it to the audience and when to hold back on explanations and just let like like, leave it up to the uh, audience's interpretation of what's That's happening. That's what I was going to say. I think you can interpret this in so many different ways.
1: Um, yeah. My interpretation was, like I said before, Hollywood, they're all obsessed with becoming famous, at least uh, Emerald. It's this whole yeah. chew you up, spit you out type of thing. It's like you want this, but you don't understand, like, the actual consequences. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, uh yeah. So let's see here. Um do 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 oh yeah, there's one little uh, Emerald and OJ respectively wear green and orange. That was one. Uh so the the film the film magazines on the TV set of Gordy's home look exactly like the masks jupes children sometimes wear. Oh. So very interesting. Uh, let's see. Did do, do, do the film begins with a quote from the biblical book of Nahum by interesting coincidence. The vision of the prophet Nahum did involve a lot of horses too. Uh, it does end like start with a Bible quote it does. and it is about sort of consumption and it does celebrity. And it has like that feel of it. Um, let's see. Did do do. do, do. So in this film. uh, uh Oh, sorry. Uh, do, do, do. So Edward Muybridge is referenced quite a bit in Nope as taking the first motion picture of a jockey riding a horse before experimenting with photo cinema. He was a renowned nature photographer. He was infamous for risking his life to take extremely dangerous shots when on trial for murdering his wife's lover. One pillar of Muybridge's insanity defense was that no sane man would have gone to the lengths he did to get a photograph. There's a bit of an echo there in the antler's devotion to the craft. Because, yes, we did forget about that detail. They do employ a really famous legendary filmmaker director, a photographer, to show up and operate an analog camera to get this shot. And they entice him by saying, this is an impossible shot. And he's like, I can get it. But then... You know, he actually yeah, blows up in his whoa, face. <laughs> I
1: think he knows he knows he's walking into the end because he literally says we
0: don't deserve the perfect shot. Right. But he gets the perfect shot and we see it as the audience before he dies. Yes.
1: But um, Amblers is a different he's he's OK. So he's pivotal at a point, but he is kind of a throwaway. But you guys, if you watch the movie, you'll understand. We is, didn't talk he about does him play for a reason.
0: Uh, Right, because all of these ancillary quasi seemingly throwaway characters and storylines and flashbacks are actually all rooted in the theme. They are, but he is one of those so, characters that's like. Yeah, because Kiki Palmer and uh, OJ are r- literally trying to do it. They are risking everything to get the shot. They, that's, so all they that's all they want to That's all they want is to get the shot. Yeah. And Kiki Palmer does it. She does.
1: She does it in the end. She ends up getting the shot to risk. But there is a
0: a high price. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's like really cool. And um, I I guess like out of. I mean, there's so many themes to explore within like this this quasi contained movie. Like there's also uh, heavily like the the theme of of like people of color within the Hollywood machine. Yes. Which they do reference in the beginning that they, that black
1: people and people of color always had. And what Kiki Palmer says, Emerald says we've always had skin in the game. She makes a direct reference to the skin color because of the history that's involved with, you know, filmmaking.
0: Right. And it's completely true. And it's completely true of black people. And also, like the also Native Americans and Westerns, yes, clearly they were fully exploited. Yeah, and like sort of um, how Hollywood tends to cast them aside and take credit for um, their the high level of craft provided by people of color. Which, by and the way, sort of just swept under the rug. By the way,
1: if you notice, whenever Kiki Palmer blows that thing up, all of the news people show up. And they're the first ones to be able to release footage of them destroying this alien. Right, right, And they end up getting swept under the rug once again, even though they did all of the work.
0: And that's sort of like an implied fallout, is that right? It's an implied fallout because she's sitting there. And
1: as this film is rolling out of this camera that she was using, the analog one, after the thing explodes, she got it first. But because she doesn't have the cameras... Because she doesn't have all of this. These people with the cameras, they
0: got the scoop
1: scoop before she could release it. And this was supposed to be their thing. And they
0: put in all the hard work. And also that shows also from uh, the. So there's a point where a TMZ person on a motorcycle comes in with like this crazy ass helmet. (laughs) Like like, it was kind of weird and jarring for me. But and obviously it was a heavy symbolic situation. Um, because that helmet resembles the UFO. Um, in that it only has one hole and it's meant to uh consume. Yep. And it's uh uh yeah, so this, this TMZ rider is like trying to get the scoop before them and like rides into it and Kiki Palmer warns them not to. Using all of but, their work, all the hard work yeah, they've done. All I see all the so this big huge spectacle, this really important event. This whole thing was crafted by people of color, and it is uh, the Hollywood machine trying to uh, get it before they do and use their hard work to to just come right on in and and take it. And they did at the end; they took everything. Yeah, which is this movie is 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 so uh, layered. I'm just realizing that now because I I I kind of forgot. I I was so wrapped up in like, did OJ? Is he gonna show up? And uh, and if you notice Kiki's character arc uh, is finalized in a, in a moment where she isn't looking towards uh, um, her ultimate goal. She's not like forgetting OJ even exist and like and getting her picture that she got and showing the cameras or even turning towards the cameras. No. The cameras are at her back and she's looking to see if her brother if. Uh, if her brother is OK, yep. which is a full circle character moment. So like in that final moment, like several things like you're right, are totally resolved. It's, it's actually insane. For better or for worse. For better. Which, oh. Yeah. Ugh. Because yeah, you're right. Like I didn't realize at the, time, the cameras like, roll up and totally, they take everything from them. Yes. They don't realize. Is they would have
1: all been screwed by this alien thing had it not been for these three people who are all people of color. And
0: it gets taken yes. from them once again. Ugh, I'm just realizing that, and it has like a devastating. No, it moment. was
1: actually devastating at the end when I saw that. I was like, "That is heartbreaking," because they risked everything for the impossible shot, which she got, and someone else stole it in an impossible because way because they knew yeah. what was.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Okay. we have we have run over time, but we we have run over time. But can I ask you, do you think there's going to be a nope too? I, I, there's never a sequel with? Jordan I don't want Peele a movies sequel. I
1: actually I don't want a sequel with any of his yeah. because I don't think they're necessary. They tell the story they need to tell. Um, yeah. Out of. OK, so John
0: out of um. I would want I would want a nope sequel, you would? but I don't. That's just me. I don't that's want just one. me. I don't know. I feel like this one's really sequel worthy. Yeah, but I think it ended perfectly. It told the story like it got stolen from them. But can you see like the real test to see if Jordan Peele is a master, which he is, like to do a sequel like Jaws 2? Hmm. Because this references Jaws so much. They got to do a franchise. I mean, if they did, I would watch it. Do
1: I care for a sequel? No. I think this said exactly what it needed to say, but maybe more can be said.
0: Yeah, I think this was a great movie. The tone, style, everything. It's fully entertaining. It has very compelling themes that are um, not often explored but should be. And, um, yeah, I think it was just a really masterful job. Like, Kiki Palmer came to work. Okay. She did. They all came to work. Okay,
1: so yeah. I say this. I think we have maybe five minutes left before. Okay. Okay.
0: Oh, right. i oh, sorry. I got kind of wrapped up. Wrapped
1: up. Oh, no, don't get ra- it. It doesn't even matter. We can actually talk however long we want. But yeah, if you want to wrap let's it up, this. then I would say let's wrap it up out of. Let's do that. Out of 10 um, out of 10 bloody houses. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, I love that very scene cool. so much. Um, very, very cool. Out of 10 bloody houses. Uh, this is just mine. You can give me one later. Uh, what would you give it?
0: Um, I would give it a nine, like I would give it a nine. Okay. Alrighty. But I don't know. I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10, but yeah, I really didn't think about
1: it. I, so (laughs) I personally, I think I'm going to give this an eight. And the only reason being is because it took me a little bit to kind of understand the, um, Gordy The Gordy of it all Mm. because it did felt kind of like a throwaway. That's maybe just because I'm not understanding completely, and I should go back. But this is my opinion at the moment, is an eight. Only don't get me wrong, this movie's great. Like I recommend watching this, but because of that moment, I just um I felt like there was supposed to be more with Jupe's character, and it it may have been It may have been kind of pushed to the side.
0: Right. Maybe it's on the cutting room floor. Which could have been. Ways. Because I do think that he played a
1: more pivotal role in this than, than we got in the movie itself.
0: Yeah. I was almost wanting the flashbacks to Gordy like to tie into the overall alien plot. But I don't know how you would do See, that. And I do think that
1: his storyline was supposed to be a little bigger than this. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But overall... I mean, this movie's fantastic. It's a very fantastic movie. It's cool. and I think Like, this movie's cool. I think cr-
0: critics agree. It's got an 82 tomatometer. Okay. Uh, but only a 69 audience score. Really? Yeah, very weird. Because the audience says, um, it may not be the movie you think you're going to get, or even the one you want, but either way, Nope leaves a strong impression as a true Jordan Peele original. So I, that says to me that audiences, didn't feel like it paid well, off I don't
1: think they were looking deeper into the meaning either because I didn't know I was going to get either but if you're looking at the mm-hmm. different layers of this it it literally yeah it works it's all rooted in the same and thing. it's all right in your face it's just a matter of thinking deeper into the that's why I mean yeah you just have to like
0: accept it for what it is and the
1: audience and cool that's I mean obviously the audience is like we give it this fine cool that, yeah, That's that's a majority sense. I get it you wanted something more like us and maybe get out. But this clearly was made for you to
0: think. Right, right. And to interpret yourself. So
1: I, I stand by what I said. I stand by an eight. I think that's what it's yeah. deserved.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. But the critics consensus is admirable for its originality and ambition, even when it's when its reach exceeds its grasp. Nope, adds Spielbergian spectacle to Jordan Peele's growing arsenal, which is but i think maybe what they are referring to whenever uh its reach exceeds its grasp is maybe whenever it goes into the third act and we see that this uh this ufo is actually a being an alien being itself and starts to transform and there's never really a moment to let that land i would say no because when it
1: does change i would agree with you on that too because when it does change i was like where was this the whole time
0: like, yeah, it didn't. Uh, yeah, it didn't foreshadow whatsoever, but um, which I think would have been helpful. But also, I mean, choices, it's, it's whatever, because I was able to just like I was like, oh, weird. OK, jarring. But I'm still on. I board. thought it was
1: beautiful. I, what's so weird is like the creature was beautifully done. It was so cool and it was very magnetic. You wanted to look at it. I wanted to look
0: at it. And, and I think that was the point that it wanted because that, that sort of undulating green box I don't think it's green on accident because it reflects Emerald and her green yes. theme. Yes. And uh, yeah. And so green is sort of also this I envy. color of An like envy, 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 jealousy. And I think that envy really plays into that need that our generation wants of like capture it on camera, show it to people, get the attention, get the glory. And it's this constant, we need to be filming this all the time and asking for attention. Right. <gasps> Right. Yeah.
1: Wait a minute.
0: You're yeah. And
1: I, I didn't even
0: I didn't even
1: put the two together. That green undulating thing that's in there. It is kind of a
0: representation of Emerald at that point. Yeah. Um, but so I guess it's it's basically driven by the same compulsion because it's like this alien thing. You end up understanding that it will only consume you if you have eyes on it. And that's. Yep. Yeah weird yeah who's con- who's consuming who here honestly the viewer or the the content so creator so i'm with you on that i'm with you on how the alien kind of does
1: turn and it turns into this like um this monstrous thing but also um how they came to the conclusion so quickly that they could use that plastic the plastic bits to ruin it and to blow it up which kind of that for me also was like how did they how did they get to that? So um, quickly? I think it's just more
0: metaphorical. Like it is literally a represent embodiment of like Stephen Yoon and his whole plight. True. It, very inflated. And it obviously the, the, it destroyed the him. UFO creature. Yeah. The, the UFO creature is obviously a metaphor for the theme. And I think they did a really good job at tying that that embodiment of the theme into this UFO. And if you think about the references, we can go on all day, the 1950s-ness of it all, uh, which uh the UFO shape is very 1950s UFO Hollywood style. And um, and I mean it's just it's just all about uh like a sort of look at me and consumption yep. and media, and also it ties into how Um, Hollywood and media is built on the backs of people of color, but they do not get that glorification. You're right.
1: Overall, though.
0: I highly recommend it.
1: Watch this movie if you haven't watched it. Just watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, I can just like rant about it all day. True. Which is a great movie because
1: you actually have to sit and think, but
0: but unfortunately we can't do that because we are on time constraints here today. We are today we're actually over and I don't mind being over on this one. There's a lot. Me neither. There's a lot to take in. So why don't you take us out and, and wrap us up. Travis. All right, John. Well,
1: for all of you out there, uh, we truly hope you enjoyed these episodes. Like we said, this is our Halloween spectacular. Mm. We're doing two episodes yeah. a week. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of our others, go back Uh, rate, review, subscribe, please. The algorithm needs the ratings and the reviews. That's, I cannot stress it enough. Say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Wherever you get your podcast, go leave us a rating and a review.
0: Yes, please do. Also visit us at www.meangirlsinterrupted.com and you can figure out how to contact us and listen to us from there just to make it easy on you. But, uh, with that, Travis. I'll have to see you at the
1: movies. John, guess all we can say now is roll the credits. Bench. I got nothing. I have nothing. Okay. I, have nothing.
0: <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> okay, Bye. bye.